Well, well, well. First place. This is a special edition post-game press row show. Don't forget, going throughout the rest of the postseason, we will be doing a press row show live every pre-game, first intermission, second intermission, and post-game on Crossing Broad's Facebook and Twitter feeds, as well as on the Snow the Goalie Facebook page, Snow the Goalie Twitter, at Snow the Goalie, and over on our Twitter profiles, at AntSanPhilly and at JoyOnBroad. You can find those links in the description of this episode. Uh, instead of posting the pregame first and second intermissions into the podcast feed here, we're just doing the postgame with reactions. We also kind of take a look ahead at um, potential matchups and some big, bigger picture takeaways from the win over the Lightning and what exactly it means for the Flyers, as well as you know some more potential lineup changes that Elaine Vigneault could look to make as the Flyers get prepared for the elimination rounds. So this is the postgame show. Don't forget, we'll be back on uh, Monday night. You'll get a new Snow the Goalie in your podcast feed Monday night, Tuesday morning. Um, and that's where we'll be announcing the winners of the t-shirt giveaway. So make sure that if you have not already entered, you go follow us over on all of our social media channels and enter to win there. So for now, we'll talk to you Monday. But here is the post-game show from the Press Row Show. Do, do. Dun, 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 press row show. All right, so this is a big, this is a big thing, ladies and gents. The under hit. Did I or did I not say the under was going to hit? Uh, you know, Ross, and, and I, Andrew, you're, and, you're, and, you're killing me. <laughs> listen, I know you said a thing that was like, oh, you know, the under, blah, 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 13-5-1 or something is what you said, and you were really I, excited about it. And I was like, yeah, okay. I had to write the better preview. I, like I, look, you know, a lot of people wanted to hit the over. They wanted to because of, you know, the past 10 games between these teams. Nine of 10 went over five and a half. Listen, this is a good result. And I don't know how long you've been away from the telly. But, um, and by the way, for those who are worried... I told Anthony that this is a bad idea, but you know, whatever. He doesn't listen. Um, he's got his phone. He has his phone on a uh, on a holder. So uh, listen. Yeah, the fact tr- that Anthony, I gotta pick up know, my I gotta pick up my daughter from work. So if we're gonna do this, I just put the phone on the mount in my car and I'm driving. Give that girl a car. Would you just finance something for her already? It's a, you're like you're this chauffeur. Send her an Uber. I bet you we could get people to crowdsource sending an Uber to pick up your daughter and and send her home so you could be in front of – it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, Welcome into the Press Row Show, the only live streaming show from our basements. Typically, This shows my my commitment to the Press Row Show, that I'm doing it from the car. Yes. I could have said said, screw it. We won't do it, but I'm doing it anyway, right? We would have done it anyway. It just would have been me. I don't know how many people would have wanted to tune in for that, but it would have just been me. All right, so we've got a lot of stuff going on here. And I, I you know, listen, I know that you, you told people initially pump the brakes. And, and I, I will admit, we have a lot to break down about this game. Uh, we're going to do an episode Monday night uh, for Tuesday release for Snow the Goalie. And I think that's when I want to get into some of the things that we saw in the third period that were a little bit troubling. Um, but I have to say that for a team that – What's the best way to put it? The team didn't look the same in that third period as they did in the first two. But the fact that they were able to take on 
a Tampa Bay Lightning attack that absolutely was relentless for the majority of that third period. And the fact that they had a game that Matt Niskanen made a lot of uncharacteristic plays. Ivan Provorov was in the box, like didn't look quite himself tonight either. You're able to overcome that. And by the way, once again, you're able to overcome nothing, nothing, nothing of note from Claude Giroux and, you know, even Sean Couturier. Like the fact that you're able to do that again, I mean, I'm a little bit troubled. I'm going to stop you. I thought Couturier had a really good game. He did. I'm saying I like heard. nothing on the – I'm saying no points. Well, you know, he had, an, no, he had an assist. Okay. He had an assist on, on uh, two assists. Two assists, didn't he? Two? Was it two? Yes. yes. He had an assist on, on – uh, he set up um, uh, Farabee, Farabee, right? Yeah, and yeah. He, and he had the assist on the second knack goal. You're right. You're right, dog. You're right. You're right. Victoria had a good game. Hashtag girl dad. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's get to some of the comments, the questions, concerns that are going on over uh, on Twitter and on Facebook. We've got Kevin Danko says, hell yes. It's very excited about this game. Uh, Bags, tw- uh, Bags 2020 says, fear the orange and black. Trevor Harris says, come on, Ant. Driving and Zooming, not safe. Ryan Orr. I'm not, hey, I'm going, hey, I'm not on Zoom. Oh. And this is no, this is no oh. different than me just being on a, uh, just me being on a call. Listen, if you get in an accident and you cause an accident, uh, this is not going to go well for you. So hands, hands free, hands free. I'm not holding Put your hands on the wheel, man. All I'm right. stopped. I'm in uh, Ryan Orson says, uh, "Don't stream and drive." Uh, Thomas Dixon starts the woo. Trevor Harris. Oh, this is going to be great. Philly sport fan says, "And San Philly." is in the car. This is crazy. Indeed it is. We never said that he's smart. Uh, Justin Kent asks, Ant, is that an automatic or stick? It's automatic. Do you know how to drive stick? I do. And I have no desire to do it. I I don't get, I don't, I'm not big into cars. Like, so I'd rather the car just go for me. I don't feel like I need to shift gears and, you know, use my left foot. <laughs> that's, a, that's a horrible, horrible opinion to have. We'll save that for another day. Bill Gordon says. Uh, Bill Gordon says over on Facebook. So when the Flyers playoffs start, is it five or seven games? It's seven. The, the, the best of five was only, only for um, the qualifying round games. So we're gonna now we we start to venture into the best of seven, which you know is good. Trevor Harris says, "Come on, Ant. Isn't there a Honda dealership or a Nissan dealership you can get a deal with?" Yeah, I know. Here's the thing. Anthony's always like, oh, I'm Mr. Delco. You know, people stop me when I go to the grocery store. No, people stop me when I go to the post office. Oh, people stop. It was a, uh, get it together, man. Somebody in Delco has got to have a car dealership and, and wants to, you know, sell you a nice car to half of the uh, Only Flyers podcast. If you, hey, if you, if you know anybody, you know, out there who wants to sponsor Snow the Goalie and the Only Flyers, uh, the Only Flyers podcast and as part of that sponsorship, do a trade agreement where, you know, you give me a car to drive around and I could talk about it on the show every week and say, yeah, this car is awesome. You should try it out, et cetera, et cetera. And then I can give this car to my daughter so she could drive to work. I think she'd be good with that. Where's my benefit in this? I get nothing out of this. This isn't fun. That's not a fun deal. All right, whatever. Well, well, you can ask her yourself. She's about to get in the car. She has no idea this is happening, by the way. Well, you no know what? You might, how about you be like a good dad for a second? Why don't you just warn her that this is happening? Because she's about to wander onto 
a live show while you pick her up from work. Yeah. Listen, you know, she I should know. She should know. We were, we were just suggesting, we were just suggesting that a car dealership sponsored the show so that they give me a car to drive around and I can give you this car. What do you think about that? Yeah, see? So she's in favor. Of course she is. Why have you not figured this out yet? You should have... Get out of her car. Okay. Uh, Ryan Orson says, uh, Dad's got a dad. Uh, we've got... Trevor Harris says, I'll, uh, I'd be tuned in with uh, Russ breaking it down. Chris Mac double O says, uh, where's he going? To a mob bar downtown South Philly? <laughs> You'd I think that you should, you know, we should start having you like just drive an Uber or a Lyft or something and, uh, and just make this part of the show now. <laughs> how about we, how about we do a, when you do the poll for the um, t-shirts, you pull another name and they, they don't win a t-shirt, but after the game, they get to drive around with me while we record for. That's horrible. That's not a great idea at all. <laughs> Who would want that? Okay. Over on Twitter, Alexander Turchini, I think, says, uh, Ghost is on, baby. Yeah, but you know what, though? Go back and look at how much he played in the third period. Okay. As a matter of fact, go back and look at how much he played in the third period in the last 12 minutes of the third period. All right, if hold he on. Took, if he me... took more than one or two shifts, I'd be stunned. Because every time I looked out there, it was either – uh, Niskanen and Provorov or Sandheim and Myers and, and Braun got the odd shift. I did not see uh, Bear out there at all there in the third period, which is very telling about what they think of him in his own end, even even tonight as well as he played. I'm trying to find it right now on Natural Stat Trick. I don't see it right now. I could look for that later. We could talk about that on the next show. We will continue on here. Philly Sport fan, did Ghost play well enough to get back in the lineup? I, I thought he had a good game. I mean, he had a I good game. Yeah, but I, but I'm I'm not convinced that that's going to be what they enough to say. Oh, we want to change what was working, what's been working so well for us defensively. I mean, you saw how much they struggled from the second half of the second period on defensively. They really, yeah. I mean, they really, I mean, yeah, they took away the middle of the ice, which was a good thing, and and they kept Tampa to the outside, but they really had zero puck possession. And there's a there's a reason that they have those six defensemen in uh, that they've had for, you know, when they were playing back in March and even the the start of the the first two games of this uh, round robin. I I think that that's what you're going to see to start the Montreal series. Uh, Is there a chance Ghost finds his way in at some point? I think so. I I don't think that you're going to get through the entire playoffs with six, just six defensemen. Um, but I don't think he's going to start the Montreal series on the blue line now. There was a question if uh, if we thought that there was a possibility that AV looks to to roll with seven defensemen in the first round. I I, I thought about that too, and, and I think it's a good question. But he loves rolling those four lines, man, and, and I, I think I think that's far more important than having that extra defenseman who can maybe jump out there for you know eight or ten good offensive shifts. Like I think that I think that the, the four lines mean more. I need to do a little bit more film study before I'm ready to like commit to this, but like JVR in this game. You know, we were talking now about Ghost and going into this game, I think more people and you and I had even said in pregame that if this team were to, you know, pick one of James Van Riemsdyk or Shane Gossespierre as as the guy that, you know, puts them over the top and, and that could make a bigger impact if they got on. It it was JVR. And not not a ton jumped out, at least watching the game live. Um, 
I didn't think I didn't I didn't think he had a great game. No, I didn't think he had a great game. I, I thought that you know obviously aside from Abe Kubel, I I thought JVR and Grant were a little bit invisible in this game. Um, uh, JVR had I think like one or two shifts there. Um, I guess it was in the second period where yeah. he, I thought he had a couple you know had a chance out in front and I thought he made a nice pass at one point. But other than that, in the second period, like I, I really didn't see much out of him. And again, in the third period, you know, they really shortened the bench. Yeah, you really only you didn't see that line much in the third period, or if you did, it, it didn't include JVR. Um, and the fourth line, I thought, got more time than they did uh, yeah. uh, in, in the third period. So, and of course, there was only the two pairs on defense. So, um, yeah, JVR didn't do much to inspire, and it's going to be interesting because if if Borchek comes back. You would you would just assume that Connor Bunneman's the odd man out, but I thought Bunneman had a really nice game tonight. Um, at the time that he played, I thought he made some smart plays. I thought he did the right things. I thought the fourth line had some some good shifts, even in their uh, even in the uh, offensive end. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Bunneman stay in and JVR and be out um, at some point in the in this playoffs. I just think it's hard to kind of argue though that you know, the upside of the team. And like, maybe this is what it's going to come down to is your ceiling with a, a JVR on is way better than your ceiling of, of having him out and having Connor Bunneman in. And I, I think that Connor Bunneman fills a, a role on this team. I think there's a role for him. I don't think that it's a bad thing that he factored into this game. And I think that if he plays within himself and doesn't try to make too many things happen, he's like a perfectly serviceable player. The question I think becomes, you know, <sighs> AV, as you mentioned, likes to roll four lines. He's not a guy who, who, you know, tends to shorten that bench. It doesn't look like he's going to want to do that. I guess once we see when the elimination round starts up, we'll see if he really does keep rolling all four lines or if he does, you know, start to, you know, shorten the bench just a little bit. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. But um, would be nice, you know, especially for a power play that continues to struggle it would have been nice to see James Van Riemsdyk have a little bit of a coming out party getting back in the lineup, and it didn't happen tonight. Um, Bill Gordon asks, so do the Flyers get to hang a banner? That's a great question. I don't think they do um, because I think that they're basically going to say the reason ended and Washington was in first place. And so Washington's technically considered the Metropolitan Division champions because of regular season. But somehow, you know, by this interesting playoff format, the Flyers end up being the number one seed uh, in the playoffs. So, um, which quirky, quirky that it is, but I don't think they get to hang a banner. But Bill, they could hang a banner if they win the Eastern Conference or win the Stanley Cup. So, Bingo. so there you go. Yeah, I, I think yeah. if you ask these guys right now, and we could be doing the media availability right now, but it's really not that important. I don't think. I mean, whatever. Um, you know, I think if you ask these guys, would you really care all that much about hanging the Metro uh, uh, banner? They would say no. They would rather have the Stanley Cup banner. So yeah. I wouldn't get. I wouldn't be all that worried. Um, Sean says the two best teams in Philly. You're going to love this. Are the Flyers and the Union? Love to see it. Union just lost in the semifinal, which is very upsetting. Um, I will say that there were really strange parallels between this game and the one that the Union got knocked out against Portland, where it was just a relentless attack. The difference, of course, is that the Flyers, uh, you know, took it right back to the Lightning 
you know, after just a few minutes of an onslaught in the first period, and it didn't take them until, you know, the second half of the game to get there. Uh, Justin Kent says, uh, you can have my 2002 Ford Explorer, light rust. <laughs> you want it, Neil? 2002 Ford Explorer? If I can get some point A to point B, then that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> right, she's, Justin, in, she's in, Justin. She's in. DM me. Reach, reach out to Anthony. I, I absolutely love this. If we just figured out a way to get your daughter a 2002 Ford Explorer, I'm I'm totally here for it. Joe Stringer said, uh, will the Flyers and Abs get uh, the primetime treatment? It's kind of hard to imagine they don't, right? I know that you said that, you know, the ratings for Canadian teams in the U.S. aren't that great, but like. Well, I think, I think that they're going to play a, they'll play a Saturday game for sure. Um, I would I would venture to guess next Saturday will be a Flyers Montreal game. So I think they'll start Tuesday, and I think you'll get Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday night uh, uh, in um, in Canada too, because hockey night in Canada is a big thing. The only way it doesn't is if ter- maybe if Toronto wins tomorrow, and then you get Toronto against Tampa, that could be interesting. But I think the Flyers Canadians is far more attractive to the Canadian audience than. Tampa Toronto is to be honest. Um, Lord Jacob over on Twitter says uh, weirdest episode of, I don't know what the show is. I don't know if he means um, what was the trivia show with the taxi. Um, I can see the guy. It was discovery channel. Was it cash cab, cash cab, cash cab. Yeah. That's what he means. He's something about confessions. I don't know, whatever. Um, taxi but confessions. Any- yeah. I don't, what's that? That was from HBO back oh. in the day. It was a ca- cab driver with a camera. In, in the front and uh, would just pick up random people and start talking to them. And their stories were like wild. That's horrifying. So, yeah. Horrifying. Although honestly, considering what you want to be part of the giveaway of having somebody just ride around in a car with you, a stranger, I mean, I guess it could be worse. Right. Um, and Bilivis says uh, regarding ghost in the third period, isn't that wise of Avi not to expose him? Well, yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, that, that's certainly, but what it, it also tells you that um, it, they're not they're not confident enough in him as a defensive player to 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 use him. And if what if the game's tied? What if you're not protecting a lead? You know, I mean, it's are you sitting there saying, well, we can't afford to give up that goal, so now we're we're going to cut ourselves down to just four defensemen or five defensemen? It's it's just not it's not conducive when you can roll that third unit out there and feel good about it. I don't know if I trust uh, the maestro Kyle Scott, but he does say that the Flyers haven't been the one seed in the playoffs since uh, 2000. That is correct. That's the last time. That was during the uh, Lindros uh, debacle when he came back um, in the conference finals against New Jersey, and the team was miserable about it, and uh, they played like hell um, in that game. Uh, game five, I guess it was, they were up 3-1, and then uh, game five, they blew it at home. They were it was, they should have won the series in game five. Game six, they go to Jersey, Lindros comes back, and he was the only good player on the team. Uh, and then game seven was the Scott Stevens hit, and then uh, Hex, uh, uh, the, whatchamacallit goal, uh, the, um, Bush gives up the goal to uh, Patrick Eliash. That's the game winner in the third period. Um, and that's, yeah, that was, uh, that was the last time they were the number one seed in the NHL. So it's been 20 years. That Lancaster life. I don't know if you say Lancaster or Lancaster, uh, but either way life as a Sixers Eagles and Phillies fan, it's a great time to be a fair weather flyers fan. 
Try. Um. Yeah, sure. I agree with that. I mean, if you're not a huge hockey fan and you're just kind of jumping on board with this team right now, it's awesome. It's awesome. Like you don't have to get, you don't have to sit there and break it down like we do every game, right? I mean, you're just sitting there and just enjoying it. And hey, if they win, that's great. If they lose, oh, that sucks. And you're just riding the emotional wave. I agree. If you're a casual hockey fan, this is an awesome time to be a casual hockey fan for the Flyers. Well, and like, there's another piece of this too, which is like, I I, I like all these teams, right? And I I follow, I follow all five teams in Philly. That includes the Union, right? And there is just something unique and interesting about this flyers team and like if if you go out of your way as a fan right now to watch the sixers just puke all over themselves game in and game out when you have the ability to watch the flyers um go out and take it to the top of the eastern conference that's that's on you like if they're both playing at the same time which they haven't if they were to play at the same time and you would opt to watch the sixers over this flyers team that that really is is on you. I think Anthony just got home, so I'm assuming he's going to switch over to the computer here momentarily. And he just texted me that he'll be right back. So in the meantime, we'll take a look at a couple of other questions. Um, Steve Petruskovich over on Twitter says, how can you not play Farabee in place of JVR? Need speed on that line. And also, hey, from Winnipeg. Thanks for checking in. It's going to be hard, right? It 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 is conceptually difficult to take Joel Farabee out, especially given what we saw uh, him bring to the table. Now there have been times this season where he's looked a, a little bit out of sorts and maybe a little bit in over his head. And I think a lot of the time that's, you know, the, the, the fear or it's more of the, the, I don't know, the inherent necessity if you're a young player to, to go out and try to prove yourself. And so, you know, I think what you see with Joel Farabee is a, is a kid who like found some more confidence tonight and that when you start to think about how this team looks as you roll forward, you know, a confident Joel Farabee with that speed and with, you know, decent finishing ability, like he's not bad to have on your team. And if it's that or JVR, who just, I, I, I don't know, it would be nice to see again, if JVR could, could perform well and contribute on the power play to me, that's where his value is. Is that better than five on five Joel Farabee? I don't know. But I think it's also really hard to rely on a young kid uh, like Farabee throughout the, pl- the the playoffs. I think you're you're probably going to see a mixture of uh, of both. And there he is, Anthony Sanfilippo is back. We uh, we just started talking about one other question since he got on. So okay, that was about um, Ryan Orson over on Twitter says JBR is an expensive scratch and the shrugging emoji. Yeah, you know what though? At this time of year, it doesn't matter. That nobody gets paid in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing about hockey. So right, right now, there's no salary cap. There's no you're, nobody's getting paid. All the players they've made all their money for the year. Uh, obviously, there are some playoff bonuses, but that. But as far as actual salary, these guys have been paid. They're done. So if you're going to scratch a seven million or a you know a seven million dollar player, you're going to scratch a seven million dollar player. You're going to scratch a you know seven hundred thousand dollar player. You're going to scratch seven hundred thousand dollar player. It doesn't make a difference. Yep. This time of year, money doesn't matter. If if your lineup is better without them, you you scratch them. It's it's painful. We kind of questioned the contract at the time, and it's um, it's a bit of an albatross. There goes Anthony again. This guy and his technology. There he is. Up oh, there he is. Pop back on. Look at him. Uh, Bill Gordon over on Facebook says Stanley Cup playoffs should be played at home team city, not in Canada. Uh, they want to keep the bubble, and I, I that makes sense to me. 
um, because it's a controlled environment. Um, There was a thought, I think, when this all was being put together and and at the start, that maybe by the time you got to the Stanley Cup, you could play in in the arenas uh, of the two teams going back and forth. Um, but obviously with the way things are going with COVID, they, they don't want to take that risk. And I think the smart thing to do is to play it in one of the bubble cities. And Edmonton is probably the safer of the two bubble cities, which is why uh, it's going to be out there. We've got Ambilivis who says Ant San is the Travis Bickle of hockey correspondence. <laughs> Taxi driver himself. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Harris says, uh, what would the NHL TV schedule look like now? I think. What will it look like now? I think. Um, well, I can't see the chat. So it's, it's, it says chat is loading. It's not really loading. So I can't see it. Womp, womp, womp. Um, so I'm going completely off of what you say. And if you put it up on the thing, um, I, I would anticipate that you're going to get it a, a very similar schedule um, to what we've been getting. You know, I mean, there's only one arena and there's going to be four games one day and four games the next. Now, that means you're probably going to get as far as um, you'll probably get two and two. I would I would guess is what they're going to do two Eastern Conference two Western Conference. And I would bet you probably get your start times in the East will probably be four and eight is my guess. Um, and then the Western ones will start in, you know, kind of in between those, maybe six and 10 or something along those lines, 1030, whatever. Um, but that's kind of how it's going to play. I mean, there's going to be four games a day, um, unless they want to put games up against each other, uh, kind of like the NCAA tournament does with just the staggered start times so that the ends of the games are all. Uh, unique, but that games, multiple games are going on at the same time. And they do have the three networks. You have NBC, you have NBC sports and you have USA network. You can kind of rotate them through there. I mean, I guess that's a possibility as well. They used CNBC in this, uh, in this, you know, first couple of days as well as, yeah, I do wonder, like maybe conceptually when, you know, when we talked about like the the alternate feeds and everything, it would be kind of nice to see them roll with that. I mean, they, they talked about going into this bubble that they were, I think, nearly doubling the amount of cameras that they're going to have in the arenas. I would kind of hope that maybe there's, there's some stuff that we haven't seen yet and that maybe, you know, there is some kind of an arena cam. Just, you know, no. If, if I have to listen to Mike Milbury again, all right, please just give me the no commentary. He's out. terrible. He's it was terrible. bad. It was I really bad. I really don't know what NBC's thought process was in the way that they put these these teams together. Um, I, I don't know. I, they could have done a much better job with, with the pairings. And I like Boosh. I don't mind John Forslund. He's okay. Forslund has done a, a, a nice yeah, job. Yeah, he's okay. Um, I, I just don't think that uh, – I think Milbury's terrible. He's terrible. I, I'd, I'd rather listen to just Forslund and Boosh. I would too. I, I don't think that Milbury adds anything to yeah. the telecast. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, Gary B says spooky ant is hysterical. He enjoyed your, uh, your car segment there. <laughs> yeah. uh, Trevor Harris is the only casual hockey fan um, that's banned from the flyers is the drive time host on the flagship station. I don't even think he's casual hockey fan. Who? 
Who? Who? Who? Yeah. Who? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Howard in game two of the doubleheader tomorrow. Yeah, it's exciting. How about, I I know that this isn't like a thing, but I do think the Phillies should give him number 12, uh, like Ryan Howard was before he switched to number six. I know that 12 pitcher is not a thing, but just they should. It'll guarantee that he'll at least be good. I'm I'm, go, I'm going with you on this for some reason. I don't know why. Where? What do you think the big deal is? Why do you want to give him number 12? I'm just saying because Ryan Howard wore number 12 before he wore number six. And I think the idea of like Howard, Howard, give him just a nice oh, small gesture. I think it'd be cute. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, Bill Gordon says JVR has lost two steps. Kind of hard to argue watching. I, I want to go back and watch the, the film on this one again. Like I, I don't want to kind of fall into the trap that I think you can fall into watching a game the first time. Um, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't a great and or extremely productive game from James Van Riemsdyk making his. Uh... So here's what I have to say about it. You know, JVR when he was in Toronto was a success because Toronto didn't give a damn about playing defense, a defensive minded game, right? Yeah. They were just, let's score, let's just outscore everybody, which is fine for the regular season. Then when you get to the playoffs, they get beat, right? Mm-hmm. So, but JVR was there and he was successful with Toronto. He scored a lot of goals yep. with, the, with the Maple Leafs. Um, I just think it's a bad fit for this system. And I don't think it's he's lost two steps or anything along those lines. I just think that he plays a certain way and it fits a team like Toronto, but does not fit a team like the Flyers. And I, I think that's just it. I don't think he's a bad player. I just think he, he doesn't fit what Vino's system is very well. That's all. And that, and that's and that's okay. I mean, there are players that are like that, you know? Yeah. I just saw a tweet that uh that just bothered me. And I have to respond to it really quickly. I don't know it doesn't make for a great show, but somebody yes. tried to somebody tried to give Carter Hart uh, you know, props for winning all three games. Oh, well, it Robin. could be a mistake. It's just a, it could just simply be a mistake. It wasn't. Um, all right. Oh, they deleted it. Tweet has been deleted even before I can respond to it. Somebody caught themselves. It's good. Yeah. Um, Cabin Essence says, who needs to step up on the team to get the power play going? Uh, they all do. I, it's, it's, it's hard to sit here and pick out one person and say this, this person needs to be better. Um, you know, Provorov needs to get shots through. Uh, Giroux, um, you know, just needs to be a little bit better crisp and more crisp with the passing. Um, they don't really have a net front presence. Uh, I know that they try and do like Couturier in the slot and Konechny kind of working around the net. Um, I, I don't know. I just think that I just think that there just needs to be a, a better group effort there. It's, it's hard to pick one guy and say, well, this is you're the reason this is failing. Um, I think that we're, we're looking at something that's, that's kind of different. Uh, and, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, Russ. I, I think that, I, I think that they just all need to be better. That's, that's are, all. Are you surprised at all that Claude Giroux had the third fewest minutes of any forward on the team? Third fewest? Yeah. No, I, like I said, I mean, they were, they were really, um, 
they were really right, uh, right. fifth fewest fifth. I need to change that. Yeah, I, whether it doesn't matter. I mean, it it was just a situation where if you're going to try and shut a team down, you have certain guys that you want out there in those moments. Yeah, and, and you know, Drew's an okay defensive player, but he's not a he's not a shutdown guy. I, I'd much rather have Couturier and Hayes as my centers, and then you'd much rather have guys like Lawton or um, uh, or uh, Aubrey Kubel. Um, or even some, you know, the guys on the fourth line, like those guys are, are out there for a reason, uh, and it's to play defense. <laughs> and yeah. you know, if you if you're trying to, you know, just use Giroux in more offensive oriented situations, I think that that's perfectly fine. Uh, let's go to the next one. Mark Baker says on Facebook, "I love the bubble. I do too." Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I wouldn't abandon it, even if things changed and they said, hey, we can go play the Stanley Cup final in each respective team's home arena. I wouldn't do it. Preserve what you have. You've done a good job. Everyone sacrificed well. I love the bubble. Keep the bubble. Yeah, the bubble's good. Uh, we've got, let's you see. No, you're, you're, you're not muted. You're not muted. You're going to mute? Yeah, there you go. Nope, still on. There you go. It's blinking. See, Anthony's got his mic facing the wrong way. That's its that's its own thing. His mic is uh, rotated the wrong way, but it's fine. He no, was- it's all right. Okay. Uh, and- Normally, I have the mic sideways. Yeah. I had because of where I was set up to watch the game, uh-huh. I couldn't put it sideways. I had to put it straight forward. So mm. there you go. All right. Mm. Okay. Um, Sean says you have to put. Uh, this is over on Twitter. You have to put overtime into consideration. One one o'clock, four o'clock, seven o'clock, and ten o'clock start times make sense for the first round. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I mean, I, I, the thing of it is, though, is that even overtime, you only have to worry about one overtime consideration. Is what I'm saying. Like you really, they're in they're, these games are being played in two different arenas. So I mean, yeah, he, it would be, he did follow up one and seven in Toronto, for example, and like four and ten in Edmonton. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I See, I I don't know I, about I, you. Like, I love the concept of there being hockey on from lunchtime through I, late at night. But like, I get do, it. You do run the risk, and and I guess this is maybe its own thing. But like, you do run the risk that you you lose some people, like especially in in the later starts. Like, I I know that there is an argument that not everybody gets to work from home and not everybody can see these games that are happening in, in the early afternoon. But there's almost part of me that thinks like for the, for the, the betterment of the game, you'd almost, you'd almost be better off having like an 11 AM game and playing those and, and shift like moving them all up an hour or two so that that 10 o'clock game can really go off at eight. And then that way you're getting the possibility that like you can, you can be done by like 11 o'clock at night and like you're trying to grow the game. You want to, you know, reach younger fans having a game ending at one 30 just doesn't do it. And by the way, like I know that things are helter skelter and everything, but like Connor McDavid, some people are only just starting to get to see uh, that are casual fans that, that only get to see the highlights. And they're like, well, why don't we ever see this guy? Well, cause he's out in Edmonton. Like if it's me, I, I'm trying to get this kid on earlier in the day and it's not just him. It's just across the league. Like 
I love having hockey super late, but I, I don't think that it's great for the game to have these games ending, you know, well after midnight, 1230 consistently. I, I don't mind seeing the games move up a little bit, but then again, I don't have to go in and, and work a job, you know, a nine to five in the traditional sense right now. Did you see the, the Chiron on NBC Sports Philly? No. Okay. Why? I, 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 have, I have to take issue with this. And I know people are thinking think this is hysterical. I know they think that they're funny, but I think that they're they've completely lost track of who the hell they are at NBC Sports Philadelphia. So they got Carter Hart is you know he's at the um, podium with Nick Albay Kubel, yeah. and Hart's being asked a question. And on the Chiron, they put up you know the logo Flyers logo Carter Hart, and right next to him it says the league named its MVP trophy after him seventy five years before he was born with a yellow arrow underneath it that says the ultimate sign of respect. Doesn't, doesn't, does not work for me. Does not work for me. They are a news outlet covering the team. Okay. Yeah. Does not work for me. Well, that I get that they're doing things like that. I go to a quote from Mike Sealski's piece. Yeah. Uh, who I listen, I, I called out Mike Sealski earlier in the season for the uh, it was the locker room thing. I think it was where he said that Forcheck laughed while uh, Elaine Vigneault was talking to the media or something like that. Um, Sealski nailed it. Like I think it's the the most on point thing that I've agreed with on a spiritual level that he's ever written. And if you haven't read it yet, go over to inquirer.com, which by the way is a stupid thing. It should still be philly.com that redirects you there. Inquirer is something that most people can't spell. And when I say most, I do mean most. We give too many people credit for being intelligent. Um, NBC Sports Philadelphia is dying. Long live Comcast Sportsnet. In it, he says this. There's a difference between what makes for good television and what makes for good online content. No matter. NBC could lower costs by applying some of the same programming formula everywhere, even if that formula required the creation of shows that consisted of a couple of fans sitting in front of laptops and reading from their social media feeds that touted the fans' outsider status and that featured all the production value of a closed-circuit infomercial shot in a stoner's basement in Aurora, Illinois. And why do I highlight that? Because there is a tonal shift that has happened at that network that absolutely befuddles me and i'm supposed to be in their key demo right i'm in the demo and i think that some of the chirons that they've done this season have been funny in a little scrum i think some of them have been okay but they have veered so far off course like i have to tell you i don't watch nbc sports philly i don't there's no reason to watch it anymore i don't watch it other than the other than the games, there's no reason to watch. And it's the almost network. like that is their goal is for you to never watch their network. Because I and, and listen, the pregame shows, the postgame shows, the works. It's not doing it for me. And honestly, it's not doing it for me really in any of the sports. The the Sixers coverage, nah. The Flyers coverage? The Phillies coverage, it's the same thing. Barkan and Batalico. It's been this. I think they're both bored. Like, honestly, I think they're both bored and they're tired because it's the same shtick. Eagles mm-hmm. post game live doesn't have the fastball. It's lost. It's lost the heat on the fastball. 
at this point, like a change up for them as a fastball. It's not, it's not great. And by the way, they just got rid of the guy who the players trusted the most in Derek Gunn. And so I look at it and like, they have chipped away at the heart and the soul of that network for years. When we saw people like Leslie Goodell, we saw people like Neil Hartman and Ron Burke. And like, I really loved Hartman and Burke because uh, especially with Burke, like sports rise was my jam. Mm -hmm. And, and that was a, like, as a young sports fan, I woke up every morning and I knew that I could rely on, on those people to deliver the sports to me with a local flair. And that like, after that initial commercial break, we'd come back and there was some kind of like dive behind the scenes. What the hell do you get at NBC sports Philly now? You know, I know that this just came up because of a Chiron, but like, there's no reason to watch it. And like the sanitized nature of whatever they're doing, it's just upsetting. And by the way, there are good people who work there. I just don't think that they're allowed to do the best job they can do because somebody decided to go in and try to shake things up and it just ain't great. And you're missing your key demo. And, uh, the people who fall into a slightly older demo also not thrilled. So I don't know who you're trying to market to, but it ain't working. And and you can tout that, you know, this game or that game got the highest rating overall. That has nothing to do with your network. That has everything to do with the passion of the Philadelphia sports fan base, which is going to be there when it's great and when it's bad. That's all. You're you're 100% correct, Russ. I know I am. On this one. On this one. 100%. I can't add anything to that. And And I might be that, you know, slightly older demo, you know. Although it is, you know, the, the the market for that station is you're going to be marketing to men 21 to 54. So I do still fit into that demo, but they, you, you can split it in half, sure. 21 to 35, 36 to 54. So I'm in that upper uh, demo, right? Yep. But they're, they're, they're not – I don't think that they're appealing to anyone. I don't think they appeal to my generation. I don't think they appeal to your generation. I don't think, they, they, I don't think there's an appeal left to anyone at that network. And it's just, it's pathetic what they've done. It really is. It's, it's so, hard. it's so poorly run. Uh, we actually have some comments here on this topic while we're here, because we've just gone off the rails a little bit. Uh, Frank, Frank Barber says, Hey, I live near Aurora, Illinois. It's a nice town. Uh, M flute says, are we holding that has nothing to do with it. Here we go. Sean, Sean on Twitter says they don't even have sports rise or sports night on NBC at Philly anymore. Um, Trevor Harris asks if we want to trade NBC Sports Philly for the blandness of MSG up here in Connecticut. Mm. Frank Barber says NBC Sports Philly's Fire TV app sucks. I can't even watch the games on Fire TV anymore. Bags 2020 says Barcan is annoying. Still employed, though, um, which can't be said for a lot of uh, other good people who have uh, lost their jobs over there for God knows what reason. It's not like NBC uh, and Comcast don't have the money to pay these people. Uh, Frank Barber says they're a complete dumpster fire. And uh, uh, what's this? Bill Gordon says not to be a feminist, but they want the pretty face. Okay. Uh, M. Flute asks how Barkan has survived all this. Um, Trevor Harris said, would you want JB Smoove to be in every basketball show or some third or fourth backup goalie hockey talk on MSG? Listen, if JB Smoove wants to come on and do some Sixers post game live, I'm totally here for I'm it. I'm in. But we probably need the language. Uh, the language button like i want full-on 
JB Smooth's character from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want. And I want him breaking down Brett Brown's horrible uh rotations and games. That would be swell. Uh Justin Kent says it makes me sad or it, it makes me not sad to cut the cord, which is true. Mm-hmm. Um ooh, Sean with a heater here. Don't want to say the name, but nepotism at hand, uh letting a certain person stay. I think we all know who that is. Um, when they let go of two dozen people way better than said person in recent years, it's ridiculous. Well, that's a thing. Um, okay. We went way out there. There were a bunch of other questions here that we'll come around to, uh, I think later this week on snow, the goalie. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do a, we're going to do a preview yeah. of the first round series with the Montreal Canadians, which we'll probably record Monday uh, mm-hmm. and put out on the podcast feed for snow, the goalie on Tuesday. Yep. Um, okay. Now, I don't want to disappoint people. I'm not doing the drawing tonight because we had a bunch of people that started retweeting and were sharing the, uh, the post on Facebook. And in fairness to like everybody who did it, I said that it had to be by the end of the game, which is true. Um, I didn't get to add everybody else back into the, uh, the spreadsheet. It wouldn't be fair to do it right now. So I'm going to finish putting everybody in. We'll announce it on the next snow, the goalie Monday night into Tuesday. We'll absolutely have it ready to go. We'll have the five shirts. Um, I might actually DM these people ahead of time just so that I can get the ball rolling. Yeah, it's a good idea. I think that's what I'm going to do instead. I'll reach out to these people. We'll make the announcement on Monday, but I'll actually reach out to the people because that'll give us what Sunday. It'll give us like a a day or two lead. We want to try to get all these people, their playoff merch um, before, you know, things uh, before the, the next series starts. Sounds or, good. Or at least by like by game two or something. So we'll make that announcement uh, over on Snow the Goalie, but I'll start reaching out to these people in the next day. Uh, so there's that. For Anthony, find him on yes. Twitter at Ant San Philly. I'm Russ at Joy on Broad. Uh, don't forget, Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. We are, we're gearing up. It's about to get really intense around here. As the Flyers finish in first place, it's a fantastic outcome. Better than I think anybody expected. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever else you get your podcasts. And don't forget, every Flyers postseason game, we will be doing the Press Row Show pregame, first and second intermissions, postgame, maybe, maybe, depends. Depends on if we think there's value in the postgame scrum with the uh, with the other reporters and with the, with AV and the players and such. So we'll we'll say it's a little TBD, but for now, pregame, first and second intermission, and expect at least one snow the goalie to hit your podcast feed every week, probably two now, as we get uh, geared up for the playoffs. So um, thanks for checking in. Follow us over on Facebook, facebook.com slash snow the goalie, Instagram at snow the goalie, and Twitter at snow the goalie, at Ant San Philly, at Joy on Broad. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you Monday night. See you guys.